Jesus, we thank you today that when we look back and we see all of the wonderful things you've done in our lives, there's so many, many, many reasons why we can praise you. From the moment that we met you until now, there's been an endless flow of love in our lives, an endless flow of care, an endless flow of peace and joy and comfort. And even though sometimes the road has been difficult, even though sometimes we may have been confused, even at times we may have felt trapped and in a corner and not knowing where to go, Lord, we thank you every single time your arm of salvation has never been short that you haven't been able to reach into the circumstances, situations of life that we found ourselves in. You are our Savior, Jesus. You are our Lord. And today we are being saved as much as when it all first began. Even now, right now, and even beyond into tomorrow and the years to come, we are enjoying and relishing in the wonderful effects of this salvation that's been given to us that is so free, that is so abundant. We thank you. It's true when you said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. This abundance of life is inside us and it's overflowing all of the worries and the cares, even the pains maybe in our bodies, even the struggles that we have. There's a buoyancy inside us. It's because your spirit resides within our spirit. We want to say thank you. We want to say thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands this morning. And when we lift our hands, what we're doing is we're just signifying. Lord, we surrender to you again. Jesus, we surrender to you again. We surrender our lives. We thank you and we praise you. We worship you. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, can we give Jesus a big shout this morning? He is worthy. And then you may take your seats. We can give our musicians a big shout, big clap. Absolutely fantastic. Well, this morning we're going to again continue to look at Psalm 23. We've been looking at that for a few weeks now and just um, understanding when it was written and how it was written. David was nearing the end of his life. He was looking back on 60 years of life experience. And as he looked back, what we've seen is that David reflected that he wasn't serving God through his life. In fact, it was quite the opposite. God was serving him. And through this psalm, almost on every line, you see that to be the testimony of David's life. It's wonderful for us to be allowed the privilege to serve God. But we must never deny God the privilege of serving us. You see, it's, it's almost like a mind shift. Very often religion presents uh, a, a, a very twisted picture, an idea of a loving, caring God. And it almost puts all of us on a treadmill of works where we've got to labor and we've got to toil and we've got to exert effort and sweat in order to please God. Let me tell you, God's already pleased. 
God's already pleased with you because of what Jesus has done on the cross. You have God's attention. You have God's pleasure all over your life. You have God's favor all over you. He listens to every prayer and he cares for you. He's not angry at you. He's not frustrated with you. He's not ignoring you. His gaze and his attention is on every movement of your life. And we must never, ever misunderstand that and allow religion to straightjacket the life and the message of God's grace towards us. David knew this. King David knew this. When he looked back, he, he had gone through very difficult times in his life. He had faced all kinds of different situations that had been very dark and very difficult. But when he looked back over it all, he just saw God all over his past, maneuvering him through the most complex situations of life. And I encourage you maybe to take a few moments just to look back at how God has got you to where you are today. He's got so much for us, so much blessing, so much help, whether it's external blessing or internal blessing. He wants to bless us. He really does. And he will bless us as he did this man who wrote Psalm 23. We, David started out by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I'll never lack anything. I'll never want for anything. And that was the testimony of his life. Even though he was ejected from the nation after killing Goliath the giant and thrown into a dirty, damp cave, it looked as if he was at the poorest moment in his life. But when he looked back on the 60 years of experience, he saw the faithfulness of God, even when he was unfaithful. And, and the writer to the Corinthians, Paul, said, when, when we are faithless, God is faithful. Have you been faithless this week? Maybe. But I tell you something now, God is still faithful. When we can't make it through, when we fail, when we sin, when things go wrong and we make the wrong decisions, do you know what? God doesn't get angry. When we stop following him, he starts following us. You can't get rid of him. Why? Because he loves you. He loves me. Thank God for that. I wouldn't even follow myself. But God, God follows us. God cares for us. God loves us. And David, this great king, looked at the lowest points of his life when he was, when he was facing abject poverty. And yet, even amidst it all, he looked back over 60 years and he said, God's got me through. I've never lacked anything, really. He's brought me on down the road of life and got me through it all. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Is it external problems that you face today, external needs or internal needs? Do you know what? The Lord's your shepherd. Put your confidence in the shepherd today. Put your confidence in him. Put all of your hopes and all of your trusts even when circumstances are all going wrong and they're communicating a message to you today to say that you're not going to get through, that life's going to beat you, that it's too big this time, that you can't get beyond it, look to the shepherd. Read the story and the history and the testimony of men and women's lives in the Bible. They faced insurmountable odds just like you, you do. But you see, when they focus their gaze 
on him somehow in his sovereignty, in his power. He brings you on through. He'll meet that need, whether it's, whether it's an external need or whether it's an internal need. Some of the greatest needs that we have, I've found, is not materially. Some of my greatest needs in life have always been internal needs. I've been fearful. I've been depressed. I've been, ang- I've been anxious. I've had it all. But you know, in those most darkest times of my life, like your life, somehow, maybe he sent a friend. Maybe he sent somebody from, from somewhere and they've, they've come in and they've given you courage and strength and hope and he's brought you on through. Or maybe in, in you know, the most arbitrary place, he's just come and he's enveloped that care, enveloped that worry, and he's given you peace and you're on into another day, into another season. Because you'll never want anything, people. He's your shepherd. You'll never lack anything. One occasion, David said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He'll direct your path. Trust in the Lord. And David had this relationship with the shepherd. He, in this psalm and through what he writes, he identifies himself as a little sheep, a frail, vulnerable animal. This is a king. This is a man that's built kingdoms. This is a man that has overthrown nations. This is a man that has seen wonderful things, brought wonderful prosperity to the land and, and, and seen great things. And yet at the end of his life, he identifies himself with a little, weak, vulnerable sheep. And he uses this imagery of the shepherd and the sheep. Have you ever seen the sheep serving the shepherd, friends? Have you ever seen a sheep serving the shepherd? No. The shepherd serves the sheep. And this is the message. This is the imagery. This is the wonderful, great news that David discovers as he looks back over 60 years. He says, my God, yeah, I have served God. It's been a privilege to serve him in my generation. But when I look back... The greatest thing is to not see how I've served God, but it's been wonderful to see how God has served me. Never lacked anything. Then he goes on. We looked at it a little bit. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And sometimes, you know, because we're working so hard and, and we, you know, it is literally like you are on a treadmill running in life here, there, everywhere. And you have to be made to lie down. Because in and of yourself, you just want to work. You just want to get things done. You just want to go from one project to another project. And, and life becomes this monotonous work program. God's not into it. Now, I'm not saying we all leave our, right? leave our jobs and all buy one big house and live in it. No. No. The blessing of God enables you and empowers you to work harder than you've ever worked before. But this is the difference. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Christ is at the core. Christ is the strength that enables you to work harder than you've ever worked before. But when he strengthens you, you won't burn out. David, there were times in David's life where God made him lie down. And it was in a green pasture. Do you know, we believe that this church is a green pasture. Amen. It's our home. Welcome home. There's no place like home. It's the pasture that God has enabled us and brought us to in order for us to lay our lives down in it. Do you know one of the key things, and, and you know we want to we say this continually because it's really important and on our heart. One of the key things along with meeting together on a Sunday morning. You know the Bible says don't forsake the, the assembling together of the saints. That we're all here this morning. We're obeying God's word. But as important as this meeting this morning is our connect groups. They really are. They're a green pasture. They're a green pasture for us to lay down in. For us to, uh, for us to bring our lives alongside the lives of others. To receive strength and encouragement from. I'm telling you, if you're not in a connect group, please, please get involved in one. You say, well, I I don't know which one to go to. We'll help you with that. Why do we have a service like this and connect groups? I'll tell you why. Because God loves his church. He loves his people. And, And one with another, we are a body joined together. So if you're not in a connect group today, there'll be a table at the back. Dave and Sarah will be... Would love to chat with you about that, but please, please don't miss out. Whether you're a young person, an older person, we want to have time and life together where we can bless each other. Amen. It's a green pasture. It's a green pasture that God causes us and wants us to lie down in. And then David said this at the end of verse 2. He says, he leads me beside still waters. Now, for the time that we've got left this morning, I want us to think about just this phrase, he leads me beside still waters. What is David talking about? What is he referring to when he makes this statement? Okay? Now, I said to you a few weeks ago, last week, that this psalm is all about God serving David, not David serving God. But written all over this psalm, in every verse, is the rest of God. God wants his people in rest. You can rest completely, completely, when the Lord is your shepherd. And David had this rested place of life, whereby nothing could get hold of him, whereby nothing could take him out of it. He was rested, secure in knowing no matter what happened out there in his world, he was rested in the fact that the Lord was his shepherd and he would bring him through no matter what. David says, he leads me beside still waters. When you're being led, you can rest. If you're leading yourself... Very often, that's when you're going to get worried and anxious and caught up into all kinds of things. When we do things that we want to do, 
in the way that we want to do it, lots of times it can result in difficulties and problems that we hadn't foreseen. But when we humbly go before God and we allow him to be the leader, I want to encourage you today, allow God to be the leader. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, just go before him quietly and talk to him. Say, Lord, lead me. Lead me beside still waters. Lead me in life. I don't want to make any decisions that are outside of what you would have for my life. I'm telling you now, if you allow God to lead you, you will always live in a place of rest. It's, it's very simple. You see, when, when you allow God to lead you, you haven't got to make any decisions. Concerning the direction of your life. Now, there are decisions you know, right, that we've all got to make. Basic decisions. But then there are crucial decisions in our lives that, that it would be best for God to be involved in. It would be best to allow God to lead you on through. And David said, he leads me. And as a result of God leading David, he was always in a place of rest. Because David was secure in this, in this, in this fact. God's going to direct me as I allow him to lead me. And also, I haven't got to worry about the de destination that he's going to take me to. Because in his wisdom and his foresight and through his power and his knowledge, he's always going to come through for the best for me. I encourage you, allow God to lead you. Consult with him, talk with him. Ask him about decisions that you're going to make that are ahead of you regarding your life. And you'll find, you will find that God will be involved right at the center and right at the core of all of those important decisions. Lead me beside still waters. This phrase, still waters, refers to relationships in the Hebrew, in the original language. David, this man who had so many experiences, looked back and he said, you lead me beside still waters. You bring me into right relationships, rested relationships. Now, you don't have to be a brilliant student to know that David had some really rocky times in relationships. You know, probably the most important thing in our lives are the relationships that we have. All of us are trying our best to make good relationships, whether it's husbands and wives, friends and family, associates in work. Life is all about relationships. It's all about the company that we keep. David trusted King Saul with his life. He did something amazing for the nation. The nation was on its heels, on the floor. The Philistines and Goliath, with all of his threats, were, were crushing the nation. And David comes as a young man, and he defeats Goliath. The Philistine army run away. 
and there's a great victory for Israel and it's all at the hands of David and then David right he gets kicked out he gets in fact they try to kill him you know the story this man right at his earliest years began as a broken man broken not knowing who to trust not knowing who to rely on everybody you know one minute everybody was saying he was the greatest and then he was ejected and he was in exile for eight years people playing with his life not knowing who to trust and and his 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 life began so turbulent turbulent his life didn't begin by still waters it, it was like, you know, a raging, rushing, violent water that this, this kid grew up around in regards to relationships. And he goes from one thing to another thing in that eight-year period and then even into his kingship. And when you look at it, there were times where David led himself where he made decisions that were out of sync with the shepherd and he decided to do things on his own and he became broken and other people around him became broken and David was finding himself when he wasn't being led by the shepherd that he was breaking people and people were breaking him, and life was really, really hurting. But you know, isn't it great that the shepherd never gives up on us? Hallelujah. It's fantastic. It's absolutely wonderful. You see, all of us, it gives me great encouragement. It really does. Because every single one of us have been hurt Every single one of us have been broken. Every, every one of us have, have, have maybe been betrayed and mistreated. And, and we've gone through life and life has not been a still water experience in relation to the friends and the relationships and maybe the marriages that we've had. Life has been a bitter, raging water. But I'm here today to tell you to encourage you I'm going to release something this morning to you because the Holy Ghost gave me this right I'm going to release this this morning to you and declare it over you your shepherd is going to lead you to still waters you're coming out you're coming out from all of that raging mess from all of that fierce water in relationship and he's going to lead you by still water by still water Helen was saying to me this is what started me thinking she came to me a few weeks ago and she said do you realize what the still water in this in this psalm is about I said no I said what's it about she said, it's about marriage. She said, the shepherd leads marriages and broken people who have been wounded by the vicious waters of life into an absolute still 
place, a rested place. So for, for the person that's, that's been divorced, this is what the Lord says to you today, you little tinker. You're going to get a fantastic husband or wife. He's, I tell you now, right? Listen to me carefully, right? Because over you has been hanging such a black, dark cloud that, that has haunted you. And you think, well, I, I've, made, I've made my mistakes. And, and if I hadn't have done this, and if I hadn't have got involved in the first place, this would never have been. And God says, forget about all of that. I'm your shepherd. I'm going to lead you to still waters. I really am. Right? This is all about relationships. For some of you this morning, you've been burnt in friendships. And you think, oh man, I can never trust at that level again. No, you will. You will trust at that level again and even beyond it. And he will lead you to still water, rested relationships, whereby you flourish and go to a place in your life that you've never been to before. You go to a place and you bring others into a place that they have never been before and you will discover a, a, an intimacy and a level of friendship that you've never known. He's going to do it. Single people, listen up. Woohoo! Got a word for you. Got a word for you. You've been waiting. Good. Do you know... I can remember, right, I was, I was about 16, just check the time, I've got 10 minutes. I was about 16 years of age, 17 maybe. I was in a caravan in a field, and I was crying out to God. Oh, God, I just want to get married. 17, <laughs> right? I just want to get married. I just want to get married. I just want to get married. I, I didn't know what marriage was. It's a wonderful thing. I just want to get, I, I want to love somebody. I want to be loved. Oh. I need a bit of love. And I'm serious now, right? I was, oh man, I felt so, so, um, what's the word? Lonely. Lonely, really lonely. So, the, the Holy Spirit, right, at 17, I opened the Bible, and he directed my eyes onto a verse in Proverbs. And it was this verse. The wife I give you will be a crown of joy upon your head, but the other type will corrode your strength and pull down everything you do. When I read that, I thought, it's really important to be led to still waters. If I do this myself, then I'm going to be led to raging waters. That's what the, that's what the proverb is talking about. But if I, if I allow you to do this and lead me, then I'm going to be led to still waters and receive a crown of joy upon my head hallelujah oh we can have a good time tonight tonight's gonna be a good night 
Hallelujah. Anyway, right? Every night's a good night. Come on. I had to wake you up. But, right, so I knew, I knew that it was really important. It was really important. For 14 years, whew, I, was, I, I was single. It was so difficult, honestly. I was so lonely. I felt so insecure. And in the end, I, I thought that it was not going to happen. I really did. The only kiss I had in that 14 years was from my nan and my grandfather. And they both had whiskers. I'm telling you, if you're listening up there, nan, sorry for that one. I'm telling you. But it was good practice. And then... Then, listen, at the right, see, w- what was happening in that 14 years, right? I was messed up. Still am a bit. <laughs> but I, I was just messed up. God couldn't allow me, you know, to, to meet Faye. I was completely messed up. So he, he had to work on me and, and do things. And, and, and even inside a marriage, he's still got to do that loads in me but then the time came the time came right and God did something supernaturally I I made a decision I thought right I'm going to ask Faye out we hadn't even ever spoke to each other right we were in the same church hadn't ever I think we were too nervous and I I said to the Lord I said Lord I'm going to ask her out thank you ask her for a cup of coffee so then, my brother, who was, who'd came down from Yorkshire, said, oh, Dave, he said, I, Holy Ghost told me something. I hadn't seen him for months. He said, Holy Spirit told me something. I said, what's that, John? He said, see that girl on the TV? And he was watching a video from here. I just walked into the room. He said, see that girl on the TV there? I said, yeah. He, he said, who's that? I said, oh, that's Faye. He said, oh, mate. He said, you need to ask her out. (laughs) Serious. Woo! Come on, Jesus. Here we go. Season change. 14 years of darkness. Now, we're going to rock and roll. It's going to be fantastic. So, rock and roll. Yeah, maybe that's not the best phrase to use. What's going on here? Hey, 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 hey. Woohoo! I've got to get my mind off that now. So anyway, right? Oh, man. Faye is speaking next week, right? She's going to be preaching, I'm serious, right? On uh, restoring the soul. So we may need our souls restored after this message. But right, do you know... The whole, you see, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, please confirm this supernaturally. But if you don't, I'm going to go ahead anyway, right? I'm going to go ahead anyway. But please, please do this supernaturally. And he did it. She'd already been signing her name, Faye Edwards, for how many months? 
about a year. Oh, I'm nothing but a love stud. Come on. <laughs> oh, I'm not now. But um, do you know, I, I say all of that, right? We're going to finish. We're going to ask the musicians to come. Do you know, I say all of that to say this. I've been hurt. I've felt lonely. I've been in relationships that have been like a violent water, raging water. I've hurt people. People have hurt me, if I look back. But in all of that, I know that the shepherd wants to lead us beside still water. Still water. You're longing for a husband? Good. Great desire. Fantastic. Really good. Really good desire. You're longing for a, for a wife? Fantastic. Great desire. Great desire. You want good friendships, healthy relationships? Excellent. This morning, as we, as we go from this place, go to your shepherd and pour it out to him. He listens. His ears are open. And he takes no pleasure in anyone being alone. That's why he said to Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. This morning I know that I had to release that, declare that, and I declare it and release it for this reason. Because from this moment in time, you're going to hold your shepherd's hand and you're going to say, Lord, you are my shepherd. I shan't want for anything external or internal. Oh, thank you for enabling me to lie down in a green pasture. There's no law here. There's life here. I can bring my problems, my addictions, all of the sin that I've got. I can lie down and you can operate in a lush green pasture. The pasture that he causes you to lie down in has got the greatest food available to you where transformation takes place. You move on, up, you stand up on your feet and there he's leading you now. On beyond what you've been lying down in, he's leading you into a place of still water. A still water relationship, a still water marriage, a still water friendship. He's awesome. He's wonderful. And I declare to you today that this will be your portion. This will be your blessing. For God does not just use His power to hang the stars in space. God does not just use His power to put the sun and the moon in their orbit and to turn the earth. God uses His power for His people to make a way where there is no way, to open doors where doors are shut, to give opportunity where there seems to be no opportunity so the people know Him and his people and family know him as the Lord, the Lord, their shepherd. We're going to stand to our feet right now. We're going to lift our hands up to him.
and we're going to thank him. We're going to thank him. Father, I thank you that your word cannot return to you void without accomplishing that for which you have sent it. Lord, I thank you that your word has gone into good soil today, seed planted, and therefore the minimum return on it is 30-fold of what I've said, 60-fold and even 100-fold. I pray that your power would go into operation. Lord, I pray that people would come. I pray, Lord, husbands and wives, maybe some are going to come from the other ends of the earth. Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you that our relationships will be blessed. Our relationships will be like a still water experience. Strife will go away and there will be a stillness 